0: Hi, and welcome to Super Intagin' Podcast with uh, Steve Halpern. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for listening and subscribing to these podcasts. And if you're a new listener, also welcome, and I hope uh, you learned something and this makes a difference for you. Now, one of the things I have difficulty with is uh, the way a lot of supplements are presented uh, either in YouTube or maybe uh, TikTok with some bias. Okay, now there's biases on both points of view. Okay, certainly, you know, if you're a vitamin company and you're trying to sell something or you're an influencer and you're trying to get uh, affiliates, I, I you know, you're going to say certain things. But then when I see the so-called experts... Uh, I'm not going to go by their name on YouTube. They became influencers. And they talk about some supplements and benefits. And often, you know, they refer to, and this is the one, they refer to meta-analysis. Meta-analysis is where statistically they review studies that have been done and uh, conclusions come out on good or bad. Uh, well, this is only based on how good the studies are in quality. Now, they say, no, not quality studies, well, not. But I think a much, much better way, uh, because there's lots of faults with this, and, uh, you know, we'll interpretation, and uh, where were they published, and the difficulty in getting studies published, is what we call case histories. <clears throat> Professional case histories. Because if you look at, you know, the whole history of uh, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, (laughs) it was basically case histories. You know, they practiced on people and they saw results and that's what happened. Well, often, you know, there's not really uh, a great forum necessarily for what I would call functional medicine uh, practitioners and case histories. And so often, you're not going to see necessarily some positive, you know, practitioner experience with certain supplements. So yeah, you know, one one of my goals, you know, is to get a forum together where practitioners actually share these case histories. I just saw a study. Uh, um, well, there was a study on vitamin C and, and quercetin. And there was uh, an influencer on the web doing uh, YouTube uh, saying, I'm not going to take vitamin C anymore because of the studies on the vitamin C and you can only absorb 500 milligrams of vitamin C at a time. Okay, great. All right, and maybe this and maybe that and maybe this. So I I did some searches. Uh, One, there are studies, not just the ones that were reviewed in the meta-analysis on vitamin C. It was a long history. And and missing the whole understanding. You know, uh, again, <laughs> this is a little Rand podcast. And I'm going to try and fix this problem. Often I see people doing YouTube videos who don't even practice medicine. I mean, they're doctors. But they don't see patients regularly where they're getting actual feedback. It's very secondhand. Well, this study showed this, you know. And I heard and my own experience but not actual patient experience. What happens? I, uh, for instance, Sammy. I asked my wonderful integrated doctor, Dr. Liss, who has lots and lots of clinical experience, um, oh, tell me about Sammy, adenocetamethionine. Interesting compound, interesting supplement. And right off, she could tell me, yes, it can lower homocysteine. I've seen lots and lots of blood test results lowering homocysteine. But, in some people, it can lower it too much, which you really don't want to see. You don't really want to see a very, very low homocysteine level. Okay, so again, case experiences. Does it only have to happen when people you know go to medical conferences, holistic, alternative, A4M conferences? No, these things should be you know, regularly reported. Okay, so let me get back to the C, vitamin C, and clearing this up. Almost all animals, except us, I think primates, guinea pigs, I don't know if there's another one, lost the ability to make vitamin C. Other animals, when they get sick, can make lots of vitamin C. And, in fact, that was one of the points that Linus Pauling brought up, uh, was that the ability to increase the vitamin C production as a result of certain stressors, and we don't have that. So the attempt is, by taking extra vitamin C, can you really reach extraordinary levels that an animal might know? But you're going to be using up your vitamin C And there are some studies on vitamin C, both intravenously for infections and various conditions. So not understanding that basic principle and saying, well, you really don't need the vitamin C and you'll just get enough from your food so you don't get scurvy, bad. Okay, in my opinion, okay, someone's been uh, fascinated by supplements for decades and, uh, I read a lot and I get a lot of feedback from practitioners and that's really important. Another one that came up, quercetin. I I put quercetin into some searches and actually some case reports on COVID. People had COVID and they gave the quercetin and they saw a different response, an improved response, faster healing, less problems with respiratory issues. Okay, again, Case reports, important, very, very important to balance out. Now, yes, people can have individual experiences. We know that, you know, one person's, you know, uh, benefit is another person's poison. We understand that. Okay, But if you have enough clinical experience from practitioners over and over and over again, that's valuable. Uh, you know, I'll cite, for instance, Dr. Green. And I'm a big fan, many of you know, I'm a big fan of lapomyosin. I think it is an incredible anti-aging compound. It can do lots of interesting, wonderful things. Inappropriate use. There's even been some studies that it might actually have some, not only longevity effects, but massively even um, the ability to kill cancer or maybe even prevent cancer. Okay, so you can read the studies and you can watch the YouTubes well, we're going to do a clinical trial, a big clinical trial on it. We'll see what happens. And yes, so and the study shows this, and maybe high dose might give you. How about practical experience? Well, there's Dr. Green. The last I looked, he's had, uh, I don't know, 300 more patients on rapamycin, and he's reported on the web because he's not going to get published in some major medical journal, uh, his clinical experience with it. And I think that's really where we need to move to. More and more respecting physician practitioners. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physician. It could be a naturopathic physician. It could be an herbalist. But clinical experience so, so important. Let me get into some of my Favorites again. I reviewed these before, but I'm going to go over again. I love PEA. PEA. Too. Now it's funny if you look up PEA supplements, you'll get peas. No, not peas. No, it's palomalloaminoethylamine. <laughs> I'll get it one day. I mean, that is really a tongue twister. It's a special lipid. There are literally hundreds and hundreds, maybe more, studies on it. It's been used in Europe as a pharmaceutical. And it has some amazing benefits for pain, especially for pain. Sleep, getting good clinical reports on sleep. Basically, there haven't been any major uh, side effects reported. Some people might, you know, like uh, with anything else, they take it they get a negative effect, they get nauseous. They this the that. But there hasn't been major, major negative effects with the PEA. So I do like the PEA. I think that, uh, you know, uh, given the options in pain, if you're experimenting and using CBD or maybe THC, uh, adding PEA to your pain regimen might be really valuable. It doesn't just mask the pain. It deals with inflammation, which is important, and some cannabinoid-like pathways, not cannabinoid, same as CBD, but uh, certain other pathways. Again, getting good clinical reports on alpha ketoglutaric acid for muscle, people improving their muscle, uh, improving their workouts, uh, getting good clinical reports on sulforaphane, especially, you know, uh, the right sulforaphane, not just, you know, some... Uh, marketed product that probably doesn't even have very much sulforaphane in it. Also, good reports on NMN. Yes. Again, high-quality N N M from people actually using it, getting clinical response. Uh, I think it's certainly, uh, if you get, again, the right product, it's certainly worth adding to your nutritional regimen. Remember, add quercetin, to help recycle the NMN and maybe some, if you're not a big green eater, you might add some methylfolate. Again, because sometimes in the manufacture of NAD and NNM, you can often deplete the pool of methylation compounds. Methylation compounds turn on and turn off genes I'm excited about what's going on in this whole area of longevity medicine, if you want to call it. It's really almost uh, the same kind of revolution that's happening with AI. You're going to see soon some dramatic responses and programs going on. Uh, There's there's some serious, serious medical centers and uh, startup companies who are getting involved in this area. So uh, the key is stay healthy right now. Avoid those age-related conditions. And hopefully the new developments will not only give you a health span, but give you longevity. So we come to the end of this podcast. Uh, please share it and please subscribe. I will be updating on some live podcasts some YouTube interviews and some other very interesting projects that I have so that you can stay healthy and well for a long, long time. Thank you so much for listening.